1: With Amanda
2: Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello there, and welcome to Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. Yes, I am Rob McKnight, and I sound way too chipper to be hosting a true crime podcast. <laughs> but along the way, we do have a few laughs, but we also get very serious as we discuss these, ca- these cases with the serial killer whisperer herself. Hello, Amanda Howard.
0: Hello, Robert McKnight.
2: Now, we've had quite a bit of feedback to the podcast this week, including the fact that I go, mmm, a lot. <laughs>
0: That's when we do pickups. Where if people want to know us, because we've said something, then we've gone later. No, we shouldn't probably say that. And so Robert's line to get back in is to go hmm, and then start.
2: I didn't even know that to be yeah, honest. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I when I saw you mean... it, I knew exactly what it was. Yeah.
2: Ah, that was uh, I can't remember the person's name, but someone from <laughs> Poland uh, yeah. brought that up with me, and uh, okay, guilty as charged. Um, Amanda, in this episode, we're going to continue our profile on Todd Colehep, and It's a much better interview this time.
0: Yes, because they finally put down their pens and paper and actually talk to the guy and see what he has to say. So it does help a lot. But you did an amazing job clipping it last week. So all of those times where he goes, and I walked into the room, was all taken out. So thankfully, you guys didn't have to go through the pain that Robert and I had to.
2: It was painful, but uh, that's okay. That's what we do here at Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. That psychological profile is coming up. But first, let's... Let's get to the news. And a suspected serial killer has been apprehended by police in Detroit. During the pursuit its alleged Kenial Brown attempted to suicide by shooting himself in the head. 4News has more.
1: Police officers with their guns drawn broke through a fence and descended on Kenial Brown. <laughs> Police were closing in on the suspected serial killer Monday when he shot himself. It was just total chaos. People was running all around and people was frantic. We didn't know what was going on. Chief Craig says a clerk at an adult bookstore on 8 Mile recognized Brown and called police. During a canine search on the Detroit Oak Park border, officers spotted the 40-year-old jumping fences. I said, oh my goodness, he's in Oak Park. He was just in Detroit off of 8 Mile. He just shot and killed the man over there. And then he had killed some people in, in River. Rouge, I said, I don't understand how this guy is still running around, and being in our neighborhood. Brown is suspected of six murders dating back to January. Three in River Rouge, one in Highland Park, and two in Detroit. Thank God they got him. Could have been anybody, any one of us. So. Shortly after Brown shot himself, a woman who police believe helped Brown evade capture was arrested.
3: It wasn't like he was hiding. He was out in the public. It's just, nope. you know, the people that he was with didn't call.
2: Now, Amanda, this is a case we've been following for a while now. We now have a suspect. Brown has been charged over two murders and a non-fatal shooting. But it's believed there are more victims. We've been covering the victims.
0: Yes, um, there has been at least six killings that um, actually go back a couple of months. So this is a case that, that we have been going through. And now that we have a guy and he has tried to shoot himself, um, it means that he's not going anywhere in a hurry. So they'll be able to question him soon if he survives the, the accidental shooting.
2: Yeah, very interesting. Look, let's move on to another case we've been following and suspected serial killer Billy Mir is facing two more charges of capital murder, bringing the total number of charges to 14. Mir, 47, is accused of smothering more than a dozen women living in North Texas retirement homes and robbing them of their jewellery. Amanda, many of the deaths now attributed to Mir were initially listed as natural causes, with the deaths not often investigated because there was no suspicion of foul play.
0: This is what happens um, when people are suffocated because often there is no indications that there is anything wrong and if they have died and their sleep it can often look the same so the fact that these people are being found as if they've just dropped um it it didn't raise any any eyebrows and no suspicion whatsoever it actually took one of the victim's daughters to notice that her mother didn't have on her wedding ring and they found out that he'd actually stolen twenty eight thousand dollars worth of jewelry and it was just that her mother did not have on her wedding ring which she hadn't taken off for decades, um, that they realised that there was something more going on here. But, yeah, because old people die, it's often we find that el- people who kill elderly victims often get away with it for so long they have a high body count. So is this a,
2: a problem? We've seen this with uh, Elizabeth Wetloffer, where she was able to get away with murder because people were not investigating the deaths of older people. It Do we need to change the process?
0: Well, it is something that we need to highlight. Now, um, in my other world, I, I see death every day and there is so many people around that I don't know how these people get away with it, but it's, it's the people that are in beds on wards and in nursing homes and everything that they sort of know, oh, well, you know... Beryl Smith is about to die. So they often choose those victims as their next um, count because they realise that they need to get to those people because there's an opportunity there. They don't sort of go and... and pick you know because there there is people that are 75 years old and are as bright as a 50 year old you know so but they know to pick the right ones that people go yeah she was old she she was going to die and that's what they do they don't just randomly pick older persons they pick the people that they know are more likely to to die soon anyway it's 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 almost Mm. a justification for them
2: Which does make sense, I suppose. Um, Amanda, before we move on to the psychological profile, in a news item a few episodes ago, we talked about the fact that uh, serial killers were found to have been of a particular star sign, in this case Taurus. Um, (laughs) This got your radar up. I think you called BS at the time. Uh, But you've actually been investigating. I get texts from you in the middle of the (laughs) night saying, I've I've just finished 1,000 serial killers and it's... Those results are just bogus. This guy, um, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, spent two years compiling this list of star signs. Can you give us an update of how your week-long research is going.
0: Yes, well, in seven days I've done 2,001 serial killers.
2: And how many did he have? It was like 300, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so yes, I haven't slept for a week because I knew that this was going to be wrong. And actually you could not be further from the truth. <laughs> Torians are the lowest... Kill rate out of of 1,100 serial killers that I can get birth dates of, but I have now information on 2001 serial killers, um, of the 1,131 that I have confirmed dates of birth, their Aquarius is your top one.
2: Ah. It's interesting, isn't it, because uh, you made the point that this guy didn't even have Ted Bundy as a listed serial killer. So it does beg the question of... um, how thorough this research was. Yes,
0: well, you can believe even though I've been only doing this for a week, um, I have a lot of sources that made it a a lot easier and now I'm actually going through I have 815 without um, dates of birth. Some of them I will never get because they're from, you know, 4 BC and and you know the 1600s and all, all these sorts of dates where births weren't recorded so it's basically those just from the 20th and the 21st century that I can basically get um, dates of birth on and I will have them all updated so t- today I I found another 50 that were on my list to find so but yes <laughs> 2001 serial killers I have currently on my list and I have a few more sources to go through before I say I'm done.
2: And, and just to bring uh, listeners up to speed, it was David Jester, a British author. He spent two years researching the zodiac signs of the world's most prolific serial killers but didn't get Ted Bundy. Um, And he found, his research showed that those born between April 20 and May 20 outnumbered any other sign. I mean, we said at the time it means diddly squat. It does. But, (laughs) um, you know, it will be interesting to have your updated research and we will bring the final tally and the final results in an upcoming episode of Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions.
0: Yes, I'm going to have it all broken down into sex, into race, into how soon they were caught up, after their first killing, how old they were with their first killing. Mm. I'm going to go a bit silly with this, but I'm going to have the most thorough information available about serial killers from across the world and from across history.
2: And we will publish those results Mm -hmm. somewhere. We will give you the details through our podcast right here, but we will publish it on a website, so we will find a place to publish that and uh, get the information out there. So, uh, one to keep an eye on. Uh, In a moment, we're going to look at Todd Colhep, part two of our extraordinary insight into this serial killer. Amanda has had personal experiences with him and communications with him, and she will use her insight to break down what he's saying in this police interview. And don't forget, you can always subscribe and help us out through patreon.com slash mwmconfessions. We are uploading more bonus content than ever before. You get your episodes a week early and we do video chats like we're about to do with the whole group of people we're about to do a group chat uh tonight after the recording of this podcast amanda
0: i know and i'm going to be sharing all of my information i've got so far on on my research with them so i will bore them to tears but it's going to be fun for me they are
2: never bored to tears when they're speaking (laughs) to the serial killer whisperer (laughs) anyway that's coming up for our patreon subscribers tonight but in the meantime we'll be back in just a moment on monsters who murder serial killer confessions
1: These interviews are a little different. Let's go for it. Let's cut through the throats. And they are very, <laughs> very honest.
0: And I do believe that that was the real beginning of us breaking up.
2: It's
3: a celebration of media with tall tales you have to hear to believe. Simon used to fly up into a rage. Join media executive Rob McKnight for a brand new podcast where you never know what will be revealed next. McKnight Tonight, part of the TV Black Box podcast feed. Born inside, born inside. From a wash to with nothing to do. It's night
1: tonight. But night tonight. But night
2: tonight. To Here he comes. night tonight. This week we return to our psychological profile of Todd Colhep who was convicted of murdering seven people in South Carolina between 2003 and 2016. In our last episode, we examined the police interview with Cole Hepp where the focus was on his spree killing inside Superbike Motorsports where he took the lives of four people. In this episode, we'll look at how he transitioned into a serial killer. Let's go back to the police interview, though, and now that the officers have prepared the statement, the conversation gets more free-flowing... And more interesting.
3: At any point did anybody I mean was there there was nobody else. Okay, there was nobody else, but did anybody as they were falling I mean, did they did they look at you, did they face you, did did they say anything to you? Was there any conversation don't please whatever? No, sir. With any of this? I don't remember hearing any of that. I I will tell you that once I engaged I was engaged. Okay. Um, so it's like at that point, it's almost like a video game. It's not a game, but it's almost like you, you, you're focused on... You've been there, sir. You know what I'm talking about.
2: That's an interesting last line. You've been there, sir. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is the first glimpse into Cole Hep's psyche, and he says killing those people was like playing a video game.
0: Yeah, I mean, as as we said in the last episode, this is a cold and calculating, a very highly organised killer. So this is the antithesis of the boy that he actually was growing up. Um, it, he had extreme control issues back then and he apparently was always angry and he would destroy anything he couldn't have, which is going to sort of lead into his crimes. But he actually ended up going to prison um, as a 15-year-old because he'd he'd raped a girl from school. So this is a guy who had already sort of started on that track. And so for him to say this is like a video game, it shows how he's able to compartmentalise it, how he's able to sort of wash himself away from it and create a scenario that's very, very different. I mean, we have to remember, too, uh, people that go to prison and come out often have arrested development. So he's Mm -hmm. sort of stuck as a 15-year-old almost. And so when someone teases him because he couldn't ride a bike, it flicks that switch for him and he knew that this is what he wanted to do but he wanted to do it right. He wants to do it like he plays those computer games over and over and over again until you play it perfectly. That's what he does in his head until he's ready to do it the right way in reality.
2: Right. The other point that I just brought up, it seems throughout this whole interview, he's trying to be relatable to the police or relate himself to the police in that, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, and, he's, and, he wants and to impress engage. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. That, that's exactly what he's trying to do. You know, you've been there, you know, and all of this. He's he's trying to say, you know, you know what it's like to, to drop someone. He wants these, these police to say, yeah, I've shot someone dead. Yeah, and they don't engage. But he wants he—that's what he's hoping that that they do. You go, yeah, you know, this burglar was coming out, and I shot him dead. That's what he's waiting to hear. But it doesn't come because they know that they can't do that. Even if they've killed like twelve people, that that they can't say this. But he keeps trying to engage them that in, in that way to get them to sort of drop their guard. But they they don't do it.
2: Well, we talked a lot about the fact the officers decided to transcribe on the run. <laughs> there was an amusing moment when they were done. The officer almost fell over as he tossed the pages off the table. But now we're just talking. And this allows hepp to confess to other crimes.
3: Have you killed anybody else in Spartanburg? Yes. No, Have you killed anybody else in South Carolina? No, sir. Other than... The boy in Arizona and Superbikes mm-hmm. and the ones that we have on the property. Have you killed anybody else? And this is where I ask you this. Do you got enough? I do, but no, 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 this is the thing. No, this is the thing. This is not to drive a nail home or anything like that, okay? You had your moment in here with your mom, and I, I, this is your opportunity to get everything it, it's not it, you know what I'm saying it's an opportunity to get everything out of the way you know because you're gonna be sitting in a cell mm-hmm. and, and and there's gonna be long times and and you're a compassionate person I'm a compassionate person mm-hmm. okay in the heat of the moment when somebody pisses you off you may want to beat the shit out of them shoot them stab them kill them whatever mm-hmm. but when you're laying there at night it's gonna it may bother you. You see what I'm saying? And that's the only reason I'm asking. That's the only one you
2: shot. Okay. Do you feel like we're getting more from Cole Hep now?
0: It's still frustrating because the officer keeps asking the same question over and over and over again. You know, are you sure? You know, blah, 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 blah. But Cole Hep's saying, yeah, you know, and he literally says, you know, isn't that enough with a laugh? He really just sort of wants to get this over with because he realizes that what he had thought this confession was going to go like, it's gone completely the opposite, you know. <laughs> and so if he knows that that there's more and he's not going to tell these two, these are the wrong guys to confess to and they're going to be bargaining chips for later, you know, because then we have death penalty conversations and all of this sort of stuff, it stops.
2: Well, we're actually going to see a moment where he actually starts to take control of the room, which is quite fascinating. But not only had Colheb killed the motorcycle store people and Charlie Carver, but he had murdered the couple, Johnny and Megan Coxey
3: just, just remember, too, at the beginning, we told you that there's probably not a lot we're going to be able to do for you. I know. And giving you a, a clear conscience is one of the only things we can... Honestly, I'm not worried about my conscience. You gave me what I wanted what i wanted was to be have the opportunity to take care of my mom whether my girlfriend accepts it or not to at least attempt to take care of her and her kid do you still payment. want me to reach out well, i have not yet but do you still want me to reach out and talk to her to see if she wants to come see you or talk to you if she would please okay i will the biggest thing is please let her know that whether i screwed up mm-hmm. i can't fix it mm-hmm. I hope that she doesn't basically let her pride get in the way. Mm-hmm. I've got mom clearing house. I'm trying to sell this stuff off. Okay. No one's gonna get rich here. But mm-hmm. the idea is, I'd like to be able to get enough money where she is not damaged, where she can basically restart her life. Okay. Without. Okay. This over her head. Okay. And put the kid through some school. Okay. She grows up to be something positive. Okay. Past that, that's all I
2: wanted. Interesting that he's worried about his loved ones. He, the people, he wants to make sure they're okay.
0: Yeah, and it's amazing that a lot of killers do this. Um, Wettlaufer, that, that, that we just discussed as well, did the same thing. She wanted to make sure that her parents were okay and that when they searched their house that they wouldn't go and find things that were hidden. You know, she, she, she wanted to make sure that they weren't traumatised by this. It's amazing that, that they have this hindsight, but they don't have the foresight. You know, mm. if, if they're so concerned that their parents are going to be disappointed or shut them out, you know, maybe that should be a driving force <laughs> when they're going out to kill, you know, if. If, if they think about it as an important part of their relationships it's just strange that they continue to do this afterwards once they've been caught
2: well they do also ask about the other deaths there had been a previous interrogation about the kidnappings and murders of Johnny and Megan Coxey but here's where we go in this interview let me
3: ask you this two times in reference to the other two people that we talked about down there, Megan and mm-hmm. uh, Johnny. Johnny, is there anything that you left out while we were at the jail talking, while we were at the detention center talking about them that we need to know? I mean, obviously you told me, and make sure that I'm getting this right, you picked them up at Blackstock, and, and you know what, you pick them up at Blackstock and Reval Road, Four I think, Road. So, and then... That's well, okay. to no, Sorry. Sure, I met her there, okay. Got her number. We talked on the phone for a brief moment, okay. Then I met them later on at that, um, next to Ricky's Hot Dogs, Beachy's parking lot. They walked across, okay, and spoke to me there, okay. Um, I almost thought she was going to hit on me to actually, come on, I showed up I was in our car, um, but that's not what I was there for. I gotcha. I'm going to tell you, our meeting looks shitty and shit. <laughs> I understand. I mean, I got you. told you, you show up with, with that. Yeah, in that parking lot? Yeah, and her kind of the way she was. I understand what you're talking about. Um, but... Basically, offered her the job, offered to let him go in and do if it could work as well. Uh, the next day, she the next day or this was over in several days. The next day, she was in the paper, shots. I guess you guys had arrested her for um, meth or some shit. Uh, her, I don't know. Something was in her bloodstream, and you took her kids away. Okay. Um, I asked her about it, and she informed me that yes, yeah, she had drug issues and with that. Okay. Um, I still was going to give him a chance. You know, I get shit happens to people. It's hard. I get it. Um, going to meet them back there, actually I meet them there, but they told me the address, which is across the street where they were. Do you remember that address you, that you yes. you we were talking about behind the apartment complex. Yes. Okay. I can't say the address, but another day if you want to. Mm-hmm. The house is unique enough I can point it out. Okay. Because um, it sits on a corner at a, at a funky angle. I, I, okay. You know what Justin's talking about. Yeah. What happened there? You didn't know that house, I used to patrol out there years ago. I don't know about what particularly happened out there. I just know that okay. i you're talking about. No, no. Home. When I used to patrol, I mm-hmm. patrolled that area. Mm-hmm. So when you, yeah, when I, when you, mm-hmm. okay. so I mean that's that's I patrolled that area. I didn't know something else happened. There. No, not no. I wasn't a part of it. If the it house is, is out on a on a corner that's kind of crooked. Crooked way it's located. Mm-hmm. And I picked them up and I drove them to my Land of It Kids Supply. and got him down to my building and that's when Johnny pulled the knife out Mm -hmm. and you shot. I shot. what did you do with his knife? I don't know. I don't keep that kind of crap. You just threw it out? Yeah, that's right. I, what did she do when you shot Johnny? What did she do when Johnny pulled the knife out? What did nothing, she say? Nothing. So you think she was planning on the planning of this? I think she entirely wasn't planning nothing. Okay. There was there was no. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, what are you doing? It was mm-hmm. none of that. This was her actions were. She knew he was doing that. Mm-hmm. They saw a guy who had a shitload of money, driving a car they can't afford. Mm-hmm they didn't even have a car and they were going to get something. Okay. Um, so then you shot him how many times? Uh, shot him twice okay. in the chest. Okay. He dropped forward. Mm-hmm. And he dropped forward. I went around him and put another one through his spinal cord. It feels like
2: the cops have more emotion than Colhep. Hep's being very matter-of-fact, whereas the cops are getting involved and emotional, and I don't mean over-the-top emotional, I just mean excited in some ways about getting the story out of him now that they've stopped Transcribing, they're actually focusing on what he's saying.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 quite interesting that that they have done this after we saw last episode that they're you know sitting there and they're and and, and they're numb to everything that's mm. going on. Now, as you said, it's th- there is a kind of excitement. They're like you know, oh, I want to know what happened here, and want to know what happened there, you know, and like. Coleb's Cole almost frustrated with them because he has been trying to do this the whole time and now they want the detail and so you know where's the knife and he's got you know I don't I don't keep that kind of crap
2: That's interesting because he's not keeping mementos
0: Well he kept the bodies
2: so, so right, so the so he cares about the bodies as the memento, not little things like knives yeah. and things like that.
0: And and no doubt there was bits and pieces around, but really, he was burying these bodies. He he, he had the great big diggy thing, and he 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 knew what he was going to do with them. So he didn't care about stupid things like knives. They were totally unimportant to him now people might not know that the reason that these people come to Colhep is that he was actually a real estate agent and he would hire just transients and that to, to come and help clean up properties before he sold them so that that's why these people sort of come and were going to work for him it was just to clean the property same with um kayla and charlie that they were just going to do some cleaning for him
2: right um Then he's asked to go into details of what he did to Megan, but he ends up going on a different tangent.
3: Okay, and you shot her? Not exactly. Okay. Um, The Connex was not meant to be a cage. Okay. All that changed shit was after the fact. Okay. Connex was designed for my food and my weapons and secure my floor with before I have the building built. Okay. The back area that's all wood, mm-hmm. that wasn't designed for them. hmm That was designed for my stuff. Okay. Until last week there was no ceiling on that. Okay. I put that in because she was cold. Kayla was cold. Okay, I'm glad we're still talking about See, Johnny. I got you. Isolated so so the back, to help keep her warm. I did not know what to do with her, man. Um, one side, I really want to drop her. The next side, I really—it's not I kind of want to save her ass. I—I I don't. Right, let me back up real quick before we go that far, because we were talking about Johnny. The girl that was with Johnny. Did you shoot her? Not at that time.
2: Why is he going on this tangent? It's it seems that he's trying to get something across.
0: Yeah, well, he's, he's not ready to tell them what he did with her because obviously his, his mind's gone to what he's done next with her. He didn't shoot her straight up. And so he's sort of saying, you're going to ask me about my sex dungeon and it wasn't meant to be a sex dungeon. This was just going to be a place for my guns and my food. So, you know, this was accidental that I decided to keep women captive. So he's, he's, he's trying to make it look like there was no planning involved but he's gone the opposite because we know that he plans things. So it was probably a crime of opportunity, but he knew darn well where he was going to keep her.
2: And he's also trying to say, I was a good guy. He, she was cold. I put air conditioning in. Yeah, but, yeah, we know what it's for. Um, as you can hear, the officers were very keen to get back on topic and they want to talk to him about Megan specifically. What he ends up giving them is incredible detail
3: so what happened with megan um put in there fed her for a couple days <clears throat> proceeded to go ahead mostly just left her the hell alone mm-hmm. uh left her alone i didn't know what how to do with her and then she kept burning shit i come in and also find that she burnt her blanket and she burnt this she's sitting next to hundred thousand of ammo love of god please stop burning shit Mm-hmm. Yeah thing goes off. Do you, know what, do you know what that would do to a neighborhood or an area? That's not even a neighborhood. It wouldn't it would be, Yeah. be... Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, please do not catch the building on fire. She kept trying to catch shit on fire. And then go, you know, I'm smoking. I would open the door and, and then and a cloud would come out. It's like one of those cartoons. Looking back, giving her cigarettes five minutes mistake Um... I had her there, left her alone, uh, took her out of the other building, sat her down for a while, got her to calm down, just please calm down, got her some food, uh, told her basically that if she would just chill the hell out, Mm -hmm. you don't know me, you don't know very much about me. You don't have shit, and last time I can check from what was online, she had a warrant really looking for her ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you new $4,000, I'll drive you up to damn Tennessee, I'll drop your ass off somewhere, if you got any common sense on this planet, you'll go left and I'll go right. What'd she say? Oh, she got so excited, I got my dick sucked. Uh, she did? Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. Um... Megan's just seen Colherp kill her husband. Why does he think he can calm it down? And is this believable, her reaction?
0: Well, of course she's going to do what she can to survive. You know, it's amazing mm. that these killers think me telling you to calm down is going to make you calm down. I mean, my husband would tell me to calm down and that would make me more angry. But anyway, yeah. that that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but he, he then goes and tells the police that he had this option that he sort of said to her, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to pay you and just go away. You know, and and he really, again, he's playing that good guy card. He's saying, you know, mm. I was prepared to not kill her, but, you know, I killed her anyway. But, you know, he, he said that this bargaining chip was basically to sort of get her to be more compliant because she thinks that she might survive now. So she's going to stop burning stuff and she's going to do what he yes. needs her to do because she thinks that she's going to get away.
2: Okay, let's pick up where we left off.
3: Somewhere between I did that, when I shot him, I put the back tight in the back, got her to calm down, and kept coming back and forth trying to figure out what to do, but I had her cuffed, Mm -hmm. and she wouldn't go anywhere. Eventually, I went and locked her. I want to say I left her on that floor for a while. I left her on that floor cuffed. I wouldn't because I didn't know what I'd do with her. I didn't want her in the building. Okay. Got the tractor, got it out of there, picked the body up, and was trying to figure out what the hell to do with it. Um, this is Johnny's body? Yeah. Okay. Like um, I said, so. I was with the meltdown. Oh, okay. um, The lamb was supposed to be my... Sanctuary. Yeah, not my killing field. Right. <laughs> you know, I understand. Not my killing field. Um, it was supposed to be the place where I'd go to relax and get away from people and not deal with this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, this this killing wouldn't be bother me because it was such needless bullshit. Uh, hell, I was giving them money. Why were you robbing me?
2: Always sounds upset that his sanctuary, his escape, became a killing field. <laughs> you know doesn't seem to put it together that well you're killing people mate you know like sorry for the inconvenience
0: yeah it's it's so crazy that this is how their minds work they they don't think the same tangents that we do so he is he hates people but he continues to bring them to his place like he asked mm. them to come over to come and work for him and then he he basically says that they shit on him so he shit shit on them, basically. If he hadn't pulled a knife, maybe they would have survived. He's making them to he's he's, he's blaming them for what happened to them, that they're horrible people and they deserve what they got. That's how he is trying to make the police see it, that had they not um, been arrested for meth and hadn't pulled a gun and all of this sort of stuff then maybe they'd still be alive so you mm. know it, it's not about him, it's about them
2: Now if he hadn't already taken centre stage in this interview, we're now at the point where he starts taking control
3: I went down the Connex cleaned out the back area because mm-hmm. I had shit all in there and mm-hmm. um, and at one time, those ammo racks weren't there. The ammo rack was here and here, mm-hmm. pistol rifle. Okay. Um, so there was only that much space at the back. So I moved all the guns forward, and at that time, those were on casters. Okay. And those are not on casters now. Okay. Put it back there told it to calm my hell down. Let me rethink this crap. Um, let me see what the hell I'm, like, what I'm trying to figure out what to do. One guy, Johnny, went over there and dug a hole. And like I said, you t- t- take the, the tractor and you keep going in and dig. And what you end up doing is making a slanted till I could even hear. Right. Here. right. Um, dug that, stuck him in it, covered it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot more work than you think. Uh, did that, went back and dealt with her, tried to figure out what to do with her. Really wasn't sure. Uh, ended up basically leaving her tied up there and went and got some chain. I had chain around, there's lots of chain in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, I use chain for all kinds of shit. There's chain in the, in, in the woods where I've got trees that come along that are starting to lean towards my fence, mm-hmm. and I'll put a chain around, it. hook a come along to it, and start working this way, and over a period of time, it'll fall away right. from the fence. Okay. Uh, so chain and cable and that kind of stuff, I got a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tied her up, left her there, while I try to figure out what to, I, I, didn't know what to do with it, man. Right. Um, got rid of Johnny, came back, left her there, went and got food, fed the girl. You uh, shot her after she tried to rob you? Man, what are you going to do with her? I don't want to shoot her. I understand. I mean, I can't have some crazy batshit woman going back. To I mean, she was going to bite a hole left and right. She wouldn't calm down like... oh, well, we she probably calm down. But she would. She was talking to me and first she had drug issues Right. and then she kept going off the deep end with weird shit and kept talking and then she kept telling me that she had manic, manic mode or some sort of bipolar lithium crap, I don't know what the hell it was, where she, I mean, she was up, down, up, down, up, down. So she didn't mellow out like Kayla did? No, not at all. She did want really calm down, but she wasn't upset. What made you decide to shoot her? I'll get to that. Okay.
2: I'll get to that. It's interesting, isn't it? He seems to be making it out that she was the problem. She was the inconvenience.
0: Yeah, well, like he's saying, you know, her, her behaviour is going up and down. But if if she has a meth problem, she's actually detoxing and mm. she's probably n- not in herself. And he's, he's he said that she had um, various other drugs that she had. So, so, so she, she's coming down off all of these whilst in a state of absolute trauma. And she's now his sex slave, regardless of what he wants to say. And so the police are like, yeah, just tell us about shooting her. And he's like, I'll get to that. Because mm. he's now reliving what's happening and he's enjoying it. Because and he's the,
2: taking control.
0: Yeah. Well, he's he's now just in a conversation. So it's not about writing down words now. Now it's about what actually happened and how much he's enjoying it.
2: All right. Let's continue. Uh, I wasn't
3: going to shoot her. Okay. I was going to give her money. Okay. Uh, I don't know why the hell she went the hell off. I held her. I, I hate the kidnapping part i get another one. I held her there for a couple days. How many days? Five or six. Okay. Um uh, I every, every other damn day she wanted Little Caesar's Pizza. I ate that shit. Oh, it could heartburn. Little Caesar's Pizza, Mountain Dew, not Dew, Black Pepper, Cinnamon Rolls, and Freaking newports if you go down to my building, you'll find an unused package of Newport that I bought for her. And then you went batshit. She took, she tried to light my damn building on fire. Do you know how? In the back of what building? The comics. The, comics. the Newport pack is still there. The Newport pack is still inside the toolbox okay this is the unused pack i bought her a. actually bought her a card okay I, didn't, I don't buy i don't smoke right i don't know hell to buy her i went to the store i said okay i need a thing uh newports reds where the hell they were the lady went do you want a pack or a card oh shit! i don't freaking know um okay. give me a freaking card uh, got her that got her a lighter. um I'm wasn't sure what the hell to give her, man. Is uh, that toolbox inside the comics, or is it in one of the ones inside the... It's the building. red toolbox inside the building. Okay. Bottom drawer, left-hand side. Uh, you'll find some lube and stuff in there. I had nothing to do with it. I just didn't know where the hell to put the shit. Um, there's also a friend of mine gave me... His girlfriend gave him, gave him a thousand little packets of KY. He, you want to use it? I don't know. You didn't use it? I don't know. It's still in the bag. I didn't touch it.
2: He's really interesting to sh- try and show everything that he gave her.
0: Yeah, he's, he's trying to make her look like that her death is her own fault because, according to him, she was a pain in the ass, and mm. he, wants, he wants this backstory to go the way that he was, that basically it's almost justifiable homicide. That's what he's, and, um, he's, 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 he's trying to explain to them.
2: Yeah, and, and what about that lube?
0: Yeah, because he knows where their mind's going to go. And regardless of what he says, we know what he used it for. So, but he's Mm. just saying, you know, it's there. I don't use that stuff. You know, I I don't use cigarettes. You know, I bought them for her and she still went crazy at me. But he keeps going on about all these details. Now, when you watch the tape of Caleb being rescued, that, that, um, container is a massive junk pile. Yeah, he says, you know, in, in the second drawer, on the left, down there, around there, that's where you're going to find such and such. He mm. knows every single thing oh, in that container and where it is and what it, and what it's for. So for him to say, oh, you know, oh, I just shoved that stuff there. No. There's a reason yeah. for everything in there.
2: Good point. Well, look, every bit of this interview brings something new. Let's pick up where we left off.
3: So then what happened went from there oh, there's a collar in there that collar was careless neck collar? yeah mm-hmm. she had me order it she asked you to order it? yes sir Okay. It, we'll get to that in a minute I didn't use it because after, after it came in the mail mm-hmm. I would tell it and went, oh okay. and she took <laughs> it here for me it's a stainless steel collar with like hooks for putting like locks on I mean <coughs> It's like having you... I don't
2: treat my dogs that way. She wanted to be chained up, Amanda.
0: Yeah, so this is something that he has said from the start, and there is a lot of people that believe this, that she was part of it, that she had actually worked for, for, for Todd Colhep for quite a while and that he, she was actually a willing participant. So, again, he's saying what you're going to find... This is what it was for. I didn't do it. And he's actually almost confessing to things before it even happens. So I don't know why it's doing that, but that's, that's what he, he wants to do. He wants to go through the minute details that make the other person look like that they're a deviant, not him.
2: Is that the point of it, to make her look like a sex addict, you know, someone who wants to be dominated so that it it brings down his culpability?
0: Yeah, he thinks he's God's gift. He really does. He th- he thinks that all these women want to be with him. They want to be chained up. They want to have great big locks on, on, on the front door. Like he says, I don't treat my dog this bad, but here he is locking a girl in a shipping container, locking two girls in a shipping container. Um, Amanda,
2: one of the themes that keeps coming through here is this claim that he was going to set her free.
3: Uh, I told her I would give her $4,000 and basically release her in Tennessee. Just go. Please, go. Don't come back. It seemed like an easy, so- it seemed like an easy solution. Uh, she didn't really know my name. She didn't know my address. She didn't know where I lived. When I first met her, I mean, I told her who I was, but I just told her I was a realtor. She didn't really know me. There was very little for her to come in. What's she going to do? She's got warrants out for her arrest. She'll call you guys up to see. Some asshole shot my boyfriend. But you're looking for me anyhow. Uh, I don't know where he lives. We went to some land. I don't know where the fuck I was. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Did, and I am jumping back and forth. Let's back to Megan in just a minute. Did you give Kayla any cigarettes or did you, did you give Kayla cigarettes? Cigarettes, no. She took a shitload of pills. Okay, so does she want cigarettes? She asked me for, for weed. Why would you not? Is is that... So, obviously, you didn't give it to her. Was the trouble that you had with Megan something that you decided, I'm not going to go through this again? Oh, definitely. top thing. So, you basically... Went from you know you didn't want to give her cigarettes to let her attempt to burn shit because you learned from what Megan did. Yes, yeah, sure. you wouldn't go to fire. You wouldn't go let Kayla do that. But I don't remember Kayla asking me for so cigarettes. Kayla didn't okay. ask you for cigarettes, okay? But Megan, so you're you're sitting there with Megan. Yes, sir. And Megan, I don't understand the question then, because she didn't ask me for cigarettes. Well, so and that's fine. I didn't know if she did or not. I, I just know successful. I just thought that I wasn't gonna give her anything like that. There you go. Um, okay. All that stuff was was burned, and I was like. I gotta go down this road again. So with Megan, you you, you made her the offer of the four thousand dollars, keep your mouth shut, I'll take you to Tennessee. Drop you off and leave you. Drop you off and leave you, you go one way, I'll go the other way. Totally. What made that change? What happened? What do you mean what made that change? Well she ended up dead. Oh, you mean what what were proceed? Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> uh I'll use your words. We it proceeded? <laughs> I'm not trying to be. A, no, no, you just man. <laughs> yeah, <some laughs> an asshole? Why? I We're fine. Um, I wanted to get rid of her. The weather went to shit. Mhm. Uh, we were having sleet. It was right before Christmas, man. We were having sleet. We were having rain. Mhm. The weather went to shit. Okay. And I still had to find a way to get away from Ashley, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. long enough to get up out of work. Get this person to Tennessee, drop her off, and get home. That's not, a, that's not just a couple-hour trip. No. And if I'm dropping her, then I'll be at work. mm mm-hmm. We're going north of Nashville. I want her way the hell away from me. Uh, I, don't, I want her to forget where South Carolina is. Right. Mm-hmm. I told her, so I said, "Give you 4K in cash? Drop you off somewhere mm-hmm. on the other side of nowhere? Mm-hmm. If you got any common kind of sense, consent, you keep walking? Mm-hmm. Go get a job, at, go get a job at, a, at a at a diner somewhere. Work as a waitress. Get your shit get your shit right. Don't come back. They got one free here, and I'm here. So just don't come back. Okay. Uh, she was gonna take you, She was happy. She was happy as hell for like two days. Okay. She was happy as hell. I just couldn't get past the weather. Okay. Uh. The last day, I went over there, um, opened the Connex up. She burned half the freaking building. Uh, this stuff, i mean, she took my ammo racks and grabbed them and did this. Holy shit! Oh, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not, for, for such a little shit. Yeah. Damn. So then, what happened? Uh, well, there was ammo everywhere and stuff everywhere, and she broke the fan. I—I I, I got her a fan. She broke the fan. Mm-hmm. Prime. Man, you just can't beat that shit. Two-day two shipping. Uh, Brian, got her one of those. There's a few mm-hmm. in there now, but it came as a two-pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had her those to get air ventilation. Mm-hmm. I got lanterns for her so she had light. Mm-hmm. I did the best I could to make it somewhat livable. Mm-hmm. Got her blankets, got her pillows. She, she lit the damn thing on fire. I'm surprised she didn't fix 8 That's what I was thinking. I'm surprised she didn't. When I walked in the building, I mean, I was choking. Mm-hmm. I'm going, holy shit. Uh, went to get her out, and then all of a sudden, it's like I had a caged animal on my hand. I don't know what the, hell, what the hell she went from, I'm so freaking happy in the world to be, I'm going to go to Tennessee with money, and I'm going to restart my life, and thank you, thank you, thank you, mm-hmm. to Betcha crazy. Um, so tell just a
1: minute.
3: I got you. At that point, I tried to walk her out of the building. I just had enough. I walked outside, I was trying to calm down, trying to figure out what the hell to do with her, what to do with her, what to do with her, I didn't know. Um, I came back in the building. Um, she was going nuts. Just, it wasn't like she was emotional about the situation. This, this has been days. It wasn't like about that. It was just like serious chemical imbalance, shit. And she walked outside. I walked her, I walked her outside, I walked her outside. I put a foot in the back of her head. What gun did you shoot her with? Same one. That you shot. Mm-hmm. Johnny. Johnny Red. Mm-hmm. And that's a Glock. And that's the same one you shot. Charlie. Charlie.
2: All that detail, Amanda. Lots and lots of detail. But the murder? Only a few words.
0: Yeah, well, you can only kill someone once. And so he had... All this time that he wanted to spend going through all the other bits, and then he goes, then I walked up behind her and shot her. Like it's <laughs> it's such an anticlimax. Mm. But he he wants to go through every, everything else. He wants to make sure that they know that she's batshit crazy. But really, I think it's all just a story. I mm. think it's a load of shit. He knew what hair was going to do. This is a woman who several days earlier had lost her children because of an alleged drug habit. And he's saying that she's planning a new life elsewhere and she's going to get a life back on track somewhere else without her kids. Yeah, no. Mm. Yeah. It's it's a load of shit. He knew what hair he was going to do and you know, he's basically saying the whole reason that he killed it because it was snowing. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah. Whatever excuse, yeah, hey. Yeah.
0: Um, with only a
2: few minutes left of the interview, the officers want to know the last bit about Charlie Carver's murder and he's missing feet.
3: Let me ask you this. One, I do have I, have I do have one clarification question with with Charlie. Okay. Okay. Because like we talked to you before about the feet were missing. I didn't take my feet. I, I know. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. Animals, whatever. Because you said you had coyotes out there. I do. When you know how you say and you, you dug out and it kind of leaves a little a little ramp kind of thing there. <laughs> when you put him in the the hole, grave so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Was he? F- Face down? Was his head going downhill? Was his head coming going up? Was he on his back? Do you remember? I don't remember. Okay. I hit tilt it. Do you just t- hit tilt? He fell out. All I do all I do is drive up there, hit tilt, dropped him out the way he way he landed, the way he went. You, the holes this way. Yes, sir. Did he ran this way or this way? Do you remember? Well, there we got There you go. If you, if you dig here, mm-hmm. going this way, mm-hmm. and you basically, as you go in, you keep going down deeper, so it ends up like this. Right. Right. As you go down, you, I, put, I, don't I keep acting like I did this a long time, so I didn't. Um, put the dirt to the side right put the dirt to the side and i put dirt behind it mm-hmm. and then when i basically just drove down but there had been a lot of rain days before this okay so there was water down there mm-hmm. and i got him down as far as i could and then i just basically hit the went a little far forward took the bucket hit the get the dirt that i could mm-hmm. behind and pull it put this dirt put that dirt and cover it as best i could okay um i Think he was kind of sideways, and because you know how the two holes are parallel, yes. so he wouldn't like. Let's say this is a bed; he wouldn't be laying in like head to head to footboard head at the headboard and head at the footboard. He'd be kind of more catty cornered across it. This one where he could be in there. I, I, he would never be like this way. Okay. And the, re- the reason. So you would have been digging from this angle, reaching out, coming back this way, right? Yeah, and then-
2: and that's where the tape cuts out. There is no more. But why Amanda is he adamant he didn't take the feet?
0: Well, Robert, he, he likes to talk about how all of these kills are clean. You know, he shoots them, then he buries them really, really quickly, you know, and he doesn't want to say that he actually mutilated any of them or had sex with the bodies or anything like that. You know, killers do believe that they actually have standards and so that's what he's yes. done. He's saying, you know, I just dumped them. So basically he's saying once the body's dead, he dumps them. So it's... There's usually a reason to kill. Usually there's some sort of concealment of of a previous crime or they enjoy the killing. So he's making it look like that he killed out of necessity, not Mm. that he wanted to kill. But we know that he's, you know, killed seven people, eight people. So, you know, it just makes no sense.
2: Is that believable in any way, shape or form, that he didn't do anything with the bodies except bury them?
0: Oh well, absolutely not I'm sure that he's done a lot of things especially um the female victim so it's mm. just it's just he just is telling the story as he likes to tell it and because yeah. he repeats himself so often it makes you think that he is just trying to make sure that what he had planned is actually what comes out
2: Hmm. Well, since his arrest and guilty plea, hepp has made admissions to other murders without being all that specific. Do you think this is attention-seeking?
0: Of course. I mean, it's it's a bargaining chip and police have not met a killer like this guy. So we have to remember he is a mass murderer and a serial killer. So he has different MOs and he can go a long time without killing. He can stop and start and he's just very different to both teams. Like he's he's basically that one between them. You know, he's not a spree killer either he's just a one of a kind and so he knows that he can say things now because there's no plan for this guy we we don't know Mm, what is going to come up next yeah so it's about believing him until it has been proven false but I don't believe a word he says he's he's one of these killers that um is going to play the game for as long as he can and he's not going to go away soon
2: Mm. Well, Colherp will spend the rest of his life in prison. His plea bargain took the death penalty off the table, but he is at the time not eligible to apply for parole. Police continue to interview him about other cold cases, but as yet, he has not given any specifics. Amanda Howard, the serial killer whisperer, thank you for your insight once again.
0: Thank you, Robert, that this has been an interesting two-parter, I must admit.
2: Mm. And we will see you for another psychological profile in the next edition of Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions.